Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Notice what you will, the book of John chapter 10 and verse 10, which reads as follows. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Based on that, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. I mean, according to the scripture, agree with that statement. I mean, according to the scripture, let me see. Show of hands, agree with that statement, according to the scripture. Christmas is the time of year where we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Usually that celebration comes with spending time with family, friends, and loved ones, gift-giving, food, as well as fellowship. While the Bible is actually silent on the actual date of his birth, it is evident in scriptures that he came with a purpose, as we read in today's message. We celebrate his birth on December 25th. Even though we do not know when he was actually born, but we made a decision to believe that Jesus came in the flesh. That's the decision you must make as a believer. If you don't believe that, it's hard to believe that he died for you back on the cross called Calvary. You got to believe that he came and you cannot let skeptics and individuals who have no idea about anything convince you otherwise. As a child of God, while we enjoy the gift giving and receiving, eating and the many foods that we uh, enjoy, spending time with family and friends, we are most excited because we know that Jesus came by a through by way of a virgin named Mary to save us. We know and understand that Jesus came to deliver us, to protect us, and to prosper us in every area of our lives. Jesus came to deliver us, deliver us from our sins. He came also to protect us, to protect us from hurt and harm as well as to prosper us in every area of our life. We're going to look at today at the book of Matthew, starting at verse 1, to look at the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The book of Matthew, chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 18. Matthew, chapter 1, and verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, the birth, that word birth, that means to beget, and we also, it means nativity. This is when you see the nativity scenes that people put up during this time of year. Now, the birth of Jesus was, Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, betrothed means to be engaged. She was engaged 
to what, in my opinion, the love of her life, Joseph. She was engaged to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Matthew describes the process and the circumstances of Jesus' birth. Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. I would think she was excited to become Joseph's wife since she had been keeping herself for her husband. We see in this text that before they came together as husband and wife, Mary was discovered to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now, this would create a situation for any newly married couple, already married, and hoping to be married couple. She was pregnant, and Joseph was not the father. That was the situation. Now, this would create a situation for any couple, in my opinion, anyway. And they would handle it in the way they're going to handle it. And let me say this to you. Some of y'all will be sitting across my office, and one person will be angry and mad and upset and looking at me funny and say, Pastor, she pregnant by, and she tell me it's the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to look at her and like, you're right. Because that's how it would be. But this was different. The soon-to-be bride is already with child, and her best answer that the babies was conceived in her by the Holy Spirit, better known as the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has a way of birthing things in us that we may not realize that we had the seed to produce at that particular level. Now, Matthew describes the character of Joseph during this particular challenging time. See, Matthew allows us to see the human side of Joseph and how he was beginning to lean to his own understanding to fix this particular situation. Joseph wanted to end their relationship secretly because he was not the father of Mary's baby. He didn't want others to know about it, and he wanted to be confidential. He wanted to end the relationship secretly. We see this in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So they describe Joseph as a just man. He was a righteous man. He was innocent and he was faultless. Wasn't perfect, but I believe that because the writers, Matthew had a chance to write about it after the fact, he saw Joseph as, a, and the Lord put upon his heart that Joseph was a just man. In other words, he handled this situation in a just manner. See, there are some levels that God desired to take us to, but he has to know that we have the character to obey his voice when things become challenging or complex. Joseph had proven himself to be righteous, innocent, and striving to be faultless, as indicated by this particular text. See, because of his character, he was mature in his thinking as well as his actions. See, in my opinion, he understood that Mary had a good reputation. And not only that, I believe he also wanted to protect her. I think about the times when the woman was caught in adultery, what they wanted to do to her. And I believe that he wanted to protect her from that type of scrutiny. He cared for her and he wanted the best for her, obviously, because he had already asked her to marry him. However, he was not sure if he was ready for her situation. 
She was pregnant by somebody else, and now he's getting ready to raise, or in his mind, I got to raise somebody else's child. Something to think about that. How many times have we met people who care for us and love us, or, but they are not ready to take on the responsibility of being with us? At times, married folks can act as though they have one foot in the door and one foot out the door. They love and respect us, but may try to ease out of our lives quietly, just as Joseph was, tr was trying to do with Mary. And not wanting to make her a public example was mindful. He was intended and willing to put her away secretly, not known to others. It was going to be confidential. These days, people will blast you when they break up with you on social media so everybody can see it. Even though we don't want to see it, they'll put it on there. I broke up with so-and-so because she was so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'll be honest with you, I've read two or three comments about it, too, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Pray my strength. I need Jesus, y'all, okay? In my opinion, when your motivation is from a righteous place, God has more mercy on your decision. See, I don't believe that Joseph was there trying to manipulate the situation. He wasn't trying to get something over on somebody. He wanted to do what was right in that situation. He wanted to put her away secretly. So therefore, God dealt with his heart. Because why? He came from a righteous place. Now let me say this to you. I'm going to probably talk about it a little bit later. I believe he chose Joseph because he knew Joseph would do what's right. Let me let that sink in for a moment. He knew that he would do what was right. Because if he chose um, John or Peter or Andrew or whoever, that might be a different story right there. He might have yelled at everybody, hey, she went with another man. I mean, this is what this, she was dealing with. But Joseph said, no, we're going to do this privately. We're going to do this privately. God loves us enough to protect her from situations and circumstances that might arise if certain people stayed in our lives. So this is the fact that the brother who was not trying to get saved or love Jesus left you quietly and ignore your text messages and phone calls. It was God's way of protecting you. In other words, the, it's the word they use is they ghosted you. They go, then words, they, they ignore your text, they ignore your phone call, they ignore everything. They're like, what happened to them? They go sit you. And sometimes you're like, the devil is on my, in my relationship. That could be God trying to protect you from that relationship. I get no amens with that, but that's okay. I know it's still right. The Lord knew that person had a heart and character like Joseph or another godly man to fulfill what God had promised for your life. He left, he left, and your situation is better because of his departure. Let me tell you, sometimes breakups are not as bad as what you think they are. It may seem like it at first, you hurt, but in the long run, you're much better off. We can learn from Mary and Joseph that fulfilling the will of God may not, may not always fit our plans or timing, but we must maintain a just character and nature to carry out God-ordained instructions. This was not a great timing. Before they get married, here she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That was God's timing. This was God's timing, not Joseph's timing. This was God's timing and not Mary's timing. 
Because you got to understand something about this. And I'm, I'm going to get back into it, but let me say this to you. Mary did not make herself pregnant. God did. So he knew exactly when he was going to make her pregnant. He Listen, he told her what he was going to do. She said, let it be unto me according to your will. And then he did it at his, his time. And then somewhere in the process, Joseph discovered that Mary, his wife, was pregnant with a child. And here we are. Even when God's instructions call us to take risks and to walk out on faith, we must refuse to operate in fear and execute his instructions. See, the Lord knows that fear can be a factor when it comes to operating by faith and fulfilling his purpose for our lives. See, the Lord's remedy for fear is his word. The Lord's remedy for fear is his word. See, he will send us a written and revealed word just like he sent the word to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, to speak to our fears. Notice what he said in Matthew 1 and 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So he, he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Don't be terrified. Don't be scared and don't hesitate to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. One fact I want you to understand that the Lord intervened on behalf of Joseph and Mary. And the Lord knew that Joseph would believe the dream. That's important. Because, see, sometimes we can have a dream and we not even believe in the dream that we have. Mm. But he knew that Joseph would believe the dream. And all he had to do to intervene, see, Joseph was about to get off track, but God sent his word to get him back on track or to get him back focused. And see, sometimes God will send you a word on Sunday in and Sunday out to get you from being off focus to being focused again. From being off track to being back on track again. And I appreciate God sending his word. Because his word gets me on track to be a better husband. Get me on track back to praying. Get me on track back to giving. Get me on track back to being a Christian. Because sometimes you can get off track by dealing with the world and dealing with your uh, situations during the week. You can get off track. But God will get you, give you a word on Sunday in and Sunday out to get us all back on track. See, sometimes we may get a little slack in studying the scriptures. But God will get you back on track through a Bible study. Sometimes you get off track by your mouth can get out of the way a little bit. You can start saying things that are not lying with Scripture, but the Spirit of God will get you back on track. I appreciate God sending his word to get me back on track. Sometimes I get a little lax getting into the house of God, but God will get me back on track. God will get us all back on track. Just like he did for David here. He got him back on track. And he, and he knew that David, excuse me, excuse me, Joseph would believe the dream. Because see, sometimes you have a dream, you're like, uh, something I saw on television. It didn't mean anything. 
But this dream meant something. This dream meant something. And you got to know the difference when a dream means something and when it means absolutely nothing. You got to be able to discern. But listen, this is all that Joseph needed. When he got this dream, Joseph was right back on track, ready to do what he was instructed to do. See, so when you get a word, you should be ready to get back on track to do what God instructed you to do. You should be able to get back on track. And see, sometimes, let's face it, some of us get a little lack when it comes to praying. But God will give us a word that says, pray without ceasing. To get us what? Back on track. Because he knows that once we get that word, we'll go out and carry out what God has instructed us to do. Fear can cause us to hesitate when it comes to responding to God's instruction. And this is what uh, Joseph was doing. He was hesitating to make Mary his wife. Because the Bible said he was thinking about it. In my mind, he was thinking about, should I marry her or should I not marry her? Should I put her away privately or should I go ahead and marry her and then we take whatever comes our way? Because you know the people in the community would have known, you know, they got married here. And, but according to my timeline, you know how people think. According to my timeline, they should have been married back here. When they got married here, that means she had the child. Who the child is? Because she got either Joseph, they got together before, they got married, or it's somebody else's child. So they knew that the society would have been talking about what was going on in Joseph and Mary's life. So he hesitated. He hesitated. And the thought of being scared is something we must all overcome in order to execute the plan of God for our life. If you never have ever have to overcome fear at some point or another with God, you're taking life too passively. You got a little quiet right there. I'm going to let that sink in for a moment. If you always are comfortable in your walk with God and you never have had to say, you know what, oh God, is this you or not? And a little fear try to rise up, chances are you're not taking any chances. That means you always give what's comfortable to you. You always are giving what's comfortable to you. You know, I said, you know what? I got five dollars. I'm going to give a dollar. I'm going to keep these other four. You feel comfortable in that. What, what, what about when God said, I want you to get the whole five dollars? And then you know your gas hand is sitting on. This is when you start walking by faith and not by Sometimes when you're being challenged in your body and then God will say, I want you to do this, that, and the other. Like, hold on, I don't feel like doing it, God. That's when you start walking by faith and not by sight. See, sometimes in your life, if you've never been challenged in your spirit, man, to do something outside of your realm of comfortability, are you really walking by faith? Are you really walking by faith? Are you really trusting the Lord wholeheartedly because you never you never do anything that's, that's out of the realm of being? I've always got to take the comfortable route. I always got to take the, the 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 route of least resistance. Listen, if if 
I know pastor's telling me I need to pray 15 minutes a day. I'm going to pray two minutes, and that's all I'm going to pray. Because I'm comfortable with that. See, in life, you have to challenge yourself in order to be better. In order to be better. If you're used to studying 10 minutes a day, you may have to kick it up to 15 minutes a day. And you're not going to always feel like studying 15 minutes a day. You have to kick yourself up in order to be better. But in order to be better, you got to do more than what you're doing right now. In order to receive the better in your life, you got to kick out of what's comfortable to get to the place you need to be in. Oh, God. When you are want to be better, you got to get out of doing what's comfortable all the time. All the time. And one place I know we have to be uh, mindful of is in our giving. Because you can get comfortable giving $5 a week. Get comfortable at, uh, at $50 a week. Comfortable at $100 a week. But what about when, when God tells you to take it up to another level? I'm talking this is what God would do. Don't be real with you. God would challenge you in stuff. Listen, he has you taking stuff in one area that you need to give to his kingdom. There was a woman that we studied about real recently here, and she was in a position, she was going to make, uh, she going to get some morsel of bread for her and her son. That's all she had. And the man of God said, get out of being comfortable, make the bread for me, and then watch God bless you forever. And that is what she did. Because why? She had to get out of a position of being comfortable. Because God had called her from a place. Listen, I know what she had was real. She listen, she had uh, a, enough for her and her son. She was going to eat that and she was going to die. But God said, hey, I'm going to take you to another realm. She had to get out of a place of being comfortable. I got to ask you a question. Are, are we always giving what's comfortable to us? Are we always praying what's comfortable to us? Are we always studying what's comfortable to us? Oh, then we have to get to the place where we got to step out of that to that next level. Oh, I got one, one more for you before I move on. Are we always witnessing the folks that we're comfortable talking to? Are we always talking to people that, you know, we feel comfortable with? Oh, I know who they are, so I just talk to them. What about the folks that, get, that you know, challenging your character a little bit and talking to them? Will you talk to them in order to be to that next level? God would say, go witness this person over here. What they mean and hateful, don't nobody like them. What? You got the Holy Spirit. If God tells you to go, he'll tell you what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. Especially when you're witnessing his love to other people. Thank y'all so much for witnessing to other people. Not always being comfortable in talking to other people. Now, let's go a little bit further here. We can become terrified to the point that we remain at the same place in God while praying, while giving, while worshiping, while coming to church, studying God's word, sharing our gifts and talent. Only scripture you study is John 3.16. You won't study anything else. We got to go a little bit deeper. You can tell when fear is lurking because we find ourselves operating at the same place we were six months ago, two years ago. And some of us fear that God at some uh, us fear has gripped us more than six to eight years. We're still hesitant to trust God with a seed greater than $20 or, or prayer beyond asking God to bless me and protect me. 
We got to mature and grow up, y'all. Serving God and maturing in God will cause us to deal with our fears that we know and don't know if we're going to continue to experience bigger and better miracles as well as blessings. God will send a messenger with a message to deal with our fears and leave us with a word of confirmation, just as he did with Joseph. The same messenger will confirm what has already been spoken in our lives. But while he thought about these things in Matthew 1 and 20, behold, an angel, an angel is a messenger from God. In our case today, it is a pastor of the Lord appeared to him. When it appeared, it shed it light to his situation and his circumstance, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. Because he was dealing with fear. And that's, and that's understandable. But you don't have to stay in fear. I wrote something down I want to share with you real quick, and I'll probably share it again. Let me share this with you. I don't, listen, I appreciate the fact that God showed us the human side of Joseph. But I appreciate the fact that God, excuse me, that Joseph had a godly response. You may deal with the human side, but you need a godly response. Anybody see the difference there? You, listen, I, human stuff is real, y'all. Human stuff is real. Pain in the body, whatever it is, but you need a godly response. Anybody see the difference there? Now, let's move a little further. So, Matthew 1 and 20 reveals to me and you my role as a messenger to come into your life to shed light, light better known as knowledge and understanding of God's word to the people of God. Pray for me as I provide guidance and clarity to God's instruction for all of our lives. See, God has a plan and a purpose had a plan and a purpose for Mary and Joseph, and he also has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. See, a purpose is a reason that something exists or was created, something you want to achieve. It's far more significant than our inconveniences, our reputation, and our fears. Joseph dealt with fears. He was worried about, he was concerned about Mary's reputation, and it wasn't at a convenient time. But the purpose was bigger than the inconvenience, than their fears, and what they were dealing with. What God is doing in your life is bigger than your inconveniences. Bigger than your fears, and bigger than your reputation. Sometimes God will mess up your reputation in order to get his, real, his will being done. You're going to look a little funny following the plan of God. Well, you're going to be sitting at the table praying. And, they, and, and then people will talk about you. They may not talk about you in front of you, but they're going to talk about behind your back. I mean, that's life. But when they get in trouble, who are they going to come to? When their child is need prayer and the doctor is giving up on them, who are they coming to? The one praying at the table? I'm telling you this up front. Happened to me more than one time. I used to go in the lunch room and pray. and I just prayed on my food. I didn't say it real loud. I just prayed. Uh, ate my food. They had a conversation, didn't they? And so, you know, people look, they'd be respectful and so forth. But I had a lot of Nicodemus that came to me at night. My child is going through right now. I need you to pray for him, Pastor Or you call me Richard back there. I need you to pray for him. What did I do? Pray. They came to me because they saw me praying over my lunch. See, your reputation, it, it may, hey, everybody's not going to like because you're a Christian, y'all. That's okay, though. Because there's somebody going to need you. The folks that don't like you going to be coming to you at night time I pray for them. i tell you that right up front. Wherever you work at, wherever you at, 
people will come to you and ask you to pray. Especially when they're going through a trial or tribulation. Now, it's your, what you're going through is bigger. Jesus' birth was far greater than Mary and Joseph's inconvenience, their reputation, and their personal fears or insecurities. That's why Jesus' purpose is this. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Notice God's purpose when he came on the earth. He says he will save, he's going to deliver, he's going to protect, and he's going to prosper his people from their sins. Their sins, when they miss the mark, they're mistaken. They wander from the path of righteousness or they violate God's law. See, Jesus' purpose was to save his people. To rescue them from destruction or danger. To restore them to health, mentally as well as physically. To deliver them from the penalty of sin. To protect them from the evils or harm in the world. As well as to prosper us in every area of our life. Thank God he came for us. He came for us. He came for us. And when Jesus came, I know he came for you, but I'm so grateful he came for me. He came for me. I mean, nobody else will come for me and deliver me from my sins. But God did. God did. You mean that little baby that uh, the wise man brought the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh to? That baby right there came to save me from my sins. He came to save me for when I violated the, uh, the law of God. Came to save me when I missed the mark. He came to save me when I, when I wandered from the path of righteousness. And it's my prayer as we enter this Christmas season with joy and, and understand the purpose of God that we will not yield to the temptation to be depressed or sad or suicidal and misunderstood, but we'll rise from that and we'll say, for God I live and for God I die because he came and got me when I was in my sins. I'm... He did that for me. He did that for you. Jesus came to save you from your sin. Oh, I thank God for the baby. I thank God for the birth. But he came to save me from my sin. Not only come to save me from my sin. Hallelujah. And we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the fact that he came. He also came to give us abundant life. John 10 and 10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Before I go to why God came, I need you to understand there's also a thief that came. He may not have came on December 25th or whenever you celebrate the birth of our Savior, but the thief came as well. Now you can, you can fall prey to the thief if you want to, but because the thief came, he came to steal, he came to kill, and he came to destroy. Bible tells us clearly, we came to we come to celebrate the one who came to give us life, the one who came into being on the earth in the flesh that we might have life, not only life but life more abundantly, over and above, superior life, 
extraordinary life, more than is necessary life, more excellent life, more remarkable life, super added or super anointed life. See, every time I miss the mark, when I wander from the path of righteousness in God's word, I know he came to save me. Oh, God, I thank you for saving me. He saved us when we don't even want to be saved sometimes. Oh, he knows how to keep us and have mercy upon our soul. See, God's gift of salvation is truly the gift that keeps on giving. When you open this gift for Christmas or any other day you choose to receive him as Lord and Savior, this, this gift comes with many things that we came, he came to do for all of us. He desires to rescue us from danger or destruction. He desires to restore our health mentally as well as physically. He came to deliver us from the penalty of sin. He came to protect us from the evils that attempt to harm us. His purpose is to prosper us in every area of our life. When we grow and we know that our Savior came, we can appreciate scriptures like John 10 and 10. He came to give us life. Real and genuine life, active and vigorous life, a life devoted to God, a blessed life by putting trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as well as the fullness of prosperity in every area of our life. You may not fit in with the crowd or connect with every family member or friend in the past. But this is what you know. You understand John 10 and 10, that God came to give you an abundant life, an excellent life, a favorite life, a superior life, an over and above life. I love you, but God knows I love him even more. Because he came to give us life. Life. Oh, I may not get everything I want for Christmas, but I know God came to give us life. He came so that we have life and have it more abundantly. Woo! Isn't it good to know you got the best life you could ever have with Jesus? Oh, it's good to know. I can't listen to what others are telling me because I may abandon or abort my abundant life. I need the blessing of the Lord to be birthed in me and through me just as Mary had rather than allow the enemy to abort or terminate what God has already ordained for my life. See, God has a plan and still has a plan to fulfill his word in our lives here on the earth. He purposed to come and dwell with us and, hallelujah, when we accept him as Lord and Savior. I want you to notice Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, it might be executed, it might be completed, which was spoken or uttered by the Lord through his prophets, through his prophets saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Woo! I like the fact. So not only did God come to give me life, he come to be with me. I mean, he came to be with me. Oh, see, y'all missed that. See, y'all so used to humans being with you. I want God to be with me. Now, whoever's come with me, that's fine. He said, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I want God to be with me. I want God to be with me. So he came. To, he came. Now, his name represents his authority, his pleasures, his excellence, and so forth. But I like the fact God with us. 
He's accompanying us. He's, a, he's combining with me. That means when I go into the store, he's with me. When I go uh, home, he's with me. When I get in the car, he's with me. See, you can't go nowhere. God's not with you at as a child of God. And that's good to know because I could be at school, in my workplace, or wherever I am, God is with us. And that's good to know because that, that peace that passes all understanding is when God is with us. See, the Lord wants to develop a personal relationship with every child of God and develop that relationship as long as they are on the earth. Since Jesus came, he has given us the opportunity to develop a stronger relationship with him through prayer, through devotion time, through church service, and so forth. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. But I got to get to know that name. See, that name will help me to cast out devils. That name will help me to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. That name will give me authority over the enemy. And we need the power of Jesus in our name. In, excuse me, in his name, I should say. It's up to us to make a daily decision to know and follow his instructions which accompany his name. Isn't it no good to know that God is with you? God is with you wherever you go. I mean, he said he came so he could be with us. If he never would have came, we would not have Jesus with us. That means Jesus is in this building right now. He's in this building right now. He's in this sanctuary right now with us. Thank God he's with us. Somebody say he's with me. Woo, glory be to God. You got to know that. I mean, when life gets tough, you got to know God is with you. When life is good, you got to know God is with you. When people leave you or don't come see you, you got to know God is with you. Somebody say, who's with you? God. I mean, you know, you're never by yourself. How many can say for a fact now, you know you're never by yourself now, according to the scripture, right? Never by yourself. So somebody say, you by yourself? You say, no, God with me. Quit lying, say you're by yourself. Quit lying, say you're by yourself. God is with us. We must all, then, now, we see here in Matthew 1 and 24 that Joseph obedience to God's instruction. Then Joseph, being roused from sleep, did as the angel commanded him or assigned him to do. He took Mary, I'm paraphrasing here, to be his wife. Oh, he did what? Listen, he had a dream. God told him, do not fear. He got up and he, he was hesitant at first. Now, Mary woke up. Mary, let's get married. Hallelujah. Woo, Mary. Got married. He got married knowing he was not the father of this child right here. He got married knowing that his reputation was at stake. He got married. He had overcome his fears and his doubts and so forth. You know what? Let me say this to you. When he got married, it was not a perfect situation. You want to know, you know, I, uh, those TV shows, they live happily ever, ever, ever after. Well, they, they might have been happy, but it wasn't what y'all think about. <laughs> this brother went through some stuff. Are y'all seeing that though? And see, sometimes we think being in the purpose of God, everything's going to be wonderful. But sometimes being in the, in the perfect will of God, your reputation going to go down a little bit. 
You have to overcome some fears. You have to overcome obstacles in your life in order what? To fulfill the will of God. Some people get mad because you're fulfilling the will of God. That's okay, though. You're still fulfilling the will of God. We must all know our individual as well as corporate assignments. See, when God speaks, we need to be just like Joseph and respond in a godly manner. See, in my opinion, one of the reasons I believe that, that Mary and Joseph were chosen for the assignment to bring the Savior of the world into the world is because the Lord knew no matter how difficult it became, they would see the assignment through. No matter how difficult it became, they would see the assignment through. I thought about this. When, when Mary had to travel with Joseph to a hometown to be taxed, can you imagine, can you imagine that long walk they had that took, it could took anywhere from four days to a week? Because it took that long. And then after they took it, she, she started to have a baby. I said, oh my goodness, she's going to have the baby. After she took this long journey. I remember, I thought about that because I remember when uh, my wife had the first child. They used to tell us, I want you to walk. We used to walk up and down the hospital. She said, I don't want to walk. Got to keep walking, babe. She didn't want to walk. Let's keep walking. Now, if we had to walk from three to four day journey, <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? And so when she walked that long, of course the baby is saying, hey, it's time to come out. But God had that plan the whole time. See, I mean, this was not an ordinary thing. God had that thing planned the whole time. He knew that, that Mary take this long journey right here. She'd be ready to give birth. And then the Bible talks about that they went to the inn and couldn't, uh, couldn't find a place to stay. That in the inn, what, I mean, the place was full, y'all. What are you going to do? So they went to the manger, had the baby, and, and whew, life was good. Well, from that standpoint, but look, she had a baby in the manger. I'm not talking about um, the Fires Hospital in the, in the region where they got the sterile equipment and all that other good stuff. She had hers in a manger with the cows. Mip rags is what swaddling clothes represents. Didn't have the cleanest sterile material neither. But she had the baby. Notice, being in the purpose of God may not be perfect, but you're fulfilling a bigger purpose than you. And this is what we need to understand. What we're doing for God, we're fulfilling something bigger than us. What you're doing for God is bigger than you. What you're doing for God it's bigger than you. And that's what we need to know. See, Lord knows with the proper intervention, you'll stay focused or you'll be refocused, just like he had to drink. We cannot downplay what God has assigned for us to do in the ministry or our home or our business or our job, whatever. One reason I believe he chose you is because he knew you would fulfill this assignment. Notice how he chose Mary and Joseph to fulfill that assignment. But think about this. God has chosen you to fulfill an assignment. He has put a purpose in your life as well. And people may not know you like Mary and Joseph, 
but they'll know that you're fulfilling God's purpose in your life. Oh, God, thank you for fulfilling a purpose. Let's go to another scripture here. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. Again, I want to read this statement to you before I read John chapter 1, verse 12. I appreciate the human response that Joseph, that Matthew showed us about Joseph. But I appreciate more that, that Joseph had a godly response. He was human, but he had a godly response. This helps me because I know I'm human. And I may have a human response, but I need to have godly results. In other words, he got fearful. He, he was insecure. He was going through. But he made up his mind, I'm going to do what God tells me to do. I, 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 my reputation may be thrown out the window. People may look at me funny. I don't care. I got to do what God instructed me to do. Because you know what? It was Joseph who had the dream. Not Joseph's family, not Joseph's other people around him. It was Joseph that had the dream. And when Joseph had the dream, he said, Mary, hey, let's get married. Woo-wee. Mary, let's get married. Hallelujah. Mm. Notice John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. I want you to know something. There will be some who know Jesus but will refuse him. You don't want to be one of those people. There will be some people out there that are going to say, hey, I know it's December 25th, but I'm not, I'm going to, they commercialize the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. They commercialize it. All they're concerned about is, is what I can get. I got some time off of work and I can eat, but I don't recognize the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We don't want to be those people. We don't want to be those people. But I like what he said here in this scripture. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have the right to become children of God. The power, the authority, ability, and the, not only the strength to become children of God. Not only are we children of God, we have the power to remain children of God. See, when you become a child of God, you also need the power to remain the child of God. Do not rely on your own strength as far as staying safe. Rely on God's strength to keep you safe. Anybody see that? You can't lean to your own understanding when it comes to being saved and being with God and God with you. You got to rely on God to help you to be who God called for you to be. I don't want you to rely on your own strength. I don't want you to lean to your own, own understanding when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. Because some stuff God going to do I mean, you, you might be like the disciples when they were walking with Jesus and he asked the question, will you leave me also? Especially when he told them, I need for y'all to start eating my flesh and drinking my blood. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> you got to know who God is. You got to know who God is. And understand that your purpose is in God. Just like he... David, excuse me, just like Joseph and Mary had a purpose, you got a purpose too. 
as you believe in Jesus, as you understand what God has called for you to do in your life, your purpose is to be all that God has called for you to be. I'm going to finish it up with this. I'm going to finish it up with this. One of the most important truths that we need to know this, this, this Christmas, that Jesus is our Savior. He's our King. He's our Lord. He came to save us from our sin. He created a plan in his word to get to know us on a personal level. Remember what he said? Emmanuel, God with us. And he came to give us access to abundant life. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. All of this is wrapped up in the greatest gift the world has ever seen. The, the gift or the present or the offering this Christmas for us to give to others is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Why do we give it to others? So others can experience this life that we're currently living in. I love our life as a born-again believer, but there's others that need to know about the Savior of the world. Not the one that, uh, that the world portrays, but the one that you know through Scripture. The one that you know, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to deliver us, who came to protect us, and came to prosper us in every area of our life. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.